Well, welcome everybody to episode 35 of the Blow Off Valve podcast. We're your hosts, Alex and Tucker. And this week we're going to be covering uh, a pretty incredibly action-packed uh, Formula One Grand Prix at Monza. So the Italian Grand Prix always, for whatever reason, this track, at least in recent history, has always had just crazy results, you know? Sure, yeah. Gasly's, Gasly's Formula One win. It, it in uh what a year year ago um it just kind of there's always something unexpected that happens and and this year was no yeah. different so the the weekend started with uh the second ever sprint qualifying the first being at Silverstone for the British GP and it was won by Valtteri Bottas actually uh but because of an engine penalty it uh which um, was related to Mercedes changing out his uh, his engine and and um, turbocharger and some other stuff. Um, all that results in grid penalties. So he ended up starting uh, at the back of the pack uh, for the race, and so that uh, that ended up putting uh, Daniel Ricciardo uh, starting in front, um, uh, along with uh, Max Verstappen. Um, Lando Norris um, and uh, Lewis Hamilton was actually in fourth. So race starts. Both uh, Daniel Isn't and Max did away well. Didn't, didn't, didn't Max start first? I think he was first. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So Max was on the left left hand side of the grid in first. Daniel yeah. was was second. You're right. But they both got away well. Daniel yeah. actually passed him going into the first turn, which is a, a really tight chicane and got the lead early on pretty it was pretty impressive given that you know mclaren's had speed during the season but i you know it it seemed like it had more pace than i expected you know usually i would expect the red bull to to pretty easily win that straight away yeah it's kind of the interesting thing about this circuit is it's like pretty boring and Mm -hmm. all of a sudden it's really interesting like Mm -hmm. all of these cars seem to um kind of keep up with each other you know there wasn't like a ton of i mean basically they assorted into like groups like you're in the back you're slow you're gonna get passed by you know botas but up Mm -hmm. in the front the ferraris the mclaren yeah mercedes red bull all of those cars like it was almost like you described last week processional for a while you know you didn't Mm -hmm. see like tons of passing or anything but i think I, I wanted to just take a step back really quickly and reflect a little bit on the um, of the sprint mm-hmm. because I, I think my like opinion early on when I saw the first one mm-hmm. was I, I didn't love it, but yeah. I kind of enjoy the fact that it it really shakes things up. Um, yeah. You know, the, the qualifying sessions, typically it seems like over that amount of time, the the teams and the drivers and the cars do sort into where they should be right whereas the sprint anything could really happen if somebody has a bad start you know it it could be you could be done Mm -hmm. and I, i think like looking back on that initially i didn't love it but i'm liking it a little bit more now because it can cause some chaos (laughs) and usually if these guys are good enough and they're meant to be at the front, they'll get to the front. They'll yeah, do which, some passing, which makes for interesting racing. 
right. um, and kind of test their skill so in a different way. So I kind of like the fact that the sprints can cause some more variability uh, right. than just kind of your routine qualifying. So yeah. I'm going to continue. I'm going to like continue to reserve judgment, I think, on it and just see how it shakes out if they can continue to use it. But I, I actually really like that this time. Yeah, I, I think they got the, the number of laps right. You know, I, we talked, I think, when, when it happened at Silverstone, you know, what's the right number of laps so that you don't just have so that things settle out how they probably should and it not just be completely fluky where, you know, somehow an Alfa Romeo qualifies on pole because it was, you know, three laps of mayhem or something. Yeah. Um, and and I, I, I mean, I think that was the case at Monza. I thought the the lap count was appropriate. It, it provided some really exciting um, racing early on, uh, everybody jockeying for position, knowing that they've got a very limited number of laps to try and get, you know, get the best position they can. And I, I think it's really exciting. I mean, there is, there is something exciting about the standard, you know, the standard, you know, Q1, Q2, Q3 qualifying. Um, and you, you do have drivers that really thrive in that environment of no one else on track. I'm just going to go, you know, like a bat out of hell on my, on my hot lap. And, but I think that favors, that favors certain setups, you know, car dynamic setups, whereas the sprint qualifying is, I think, more representative. You know, those cars have to be pretty representative of how they're going to be on race day, more or less, just with less fuel, mm-hmm. obviously. Um, so I, I, I actually really enjoyed both of the ones we've had so far. So, um, and it resulted in a, in a grid that I thought was, was probably pretty fair. You know, I, did you feel yeah. that way? Yeah, it was interesting. I, I thought, I mean, this is some of the stuff I just don't understand always. I don't understand how, you know, it must just be because it's the quote tempo of speed, mm-hmm. but, um, these cars, once they're allowed to just let it rip, mm-hmm. they, they, they all seem to be pretty similar, you know? Yeah. And, and so McLaren came in and they had the strategy with uh, medium tires mm-hmm. and Mercedes was on the hard thinking like, okay, these will wear, wear out, which yeah. it did seem like they do in the race. Maybe it was longer than they anticipated, but mm-hmm. they had that safety uh, during the sprint. And so that gave them, I don't know, two or three kind of free laps on the mediums, right? which might've allowed those things to keep going. And so it was kind of, it was neat to see that strategy play out. And yeah. I mean, they just got it done this weekend yeah. all around on the strategy, mm-hmm. the breaks, you know, uh, his breakaway, Danny's breakaway oh, yeah. at the beginning. Yep. Um, yep. <laughs> Norris's, Charging wide on the right side of oh the my track, God. it was yeah. just like that dude. I, he is not messing around. I mean, he takes it. No. He's very aggressive. He takes yep. risks. They're they're usually pretty reasonable, though. You know, it, like I yeah. don't see him as being like super dangerous or anything. No. He's just like, here's an opportunity. I'm going for it. Yeah, this is a good opportunity. He knows it. So yeah. So at one point later in the race, you know, we'll we're, we'll probably jump around a little bit because there are a lot of interesting talking yeah. points, but. At one point in the race, um, Lando's trying to get past Charles Leclerc, I believe. 
uh, and they're going into. Oh um, yeah, that's right. Like one of the Lesmo corners, which is kind of a broad sweeping right-hander. And, <laughs> and, you know, Leclerc, Leclerc didn't give him much room and Lando put it on literally the went, he went into the grass on the right side of the track to make the pass. <laughs> and I, awesome. I just saw, I, I literally said out loud, I'm sitting there by myself watching this. My, you know, my wife was taking a nap and I'm, I'm watching this and I was just like, he's crazy. Wow. That was, I, I was like, that was brave. Holy crap. And I literally just said that out loud. And then I think Martin Brundle said something very similar shortly thereafter yeah. on the telecast. Like, I mean, I, I think that, that to me is, that's a move that only, you know, whatever a 21 year old formula one driver would make. Like, you know, I don't, I don't see Kimi Raikkonen <laughs> going onto the that's grass. A good point. Yeah. Spot, that's, you know, that's a good point. I mean, it's it's a it's a high risk, high situation. Reward. Yeah, you know? I mean, it, yeah. Frankly, it is. It is a high reward situation, and you know, for yeah. those guys who have proven themselves for a decade or however mm-hmm. freaking long some of these guys have been in this, right? You know, who cares? They're like, I'm not yeah. going to risk my life for this. I'm I'm already a world champion. Yeah. <laughs> Let these I young guys so. have it. Yeah, I think there's a lot that went into it. You know, like one, I think Lando, he's he's young and 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 a brave driver. I've I've heard some of the older F1 drivers talk about how the young guys that grew up on a lot of, you know, they do a lot of sim racing. A lot of the Formula One races are now at these big tracks where there's huge runoff areas. So if you get it wrong, there's not there's not True. a penalty. You're not going into a wall. You're not going into a hedge or something. Um, and, and so a lot of the older F1 guys, and I'm talking not just drivers, but like older commentators, you know, formula one world champs from the eighties basically are saying, you know, a lot of these young guys are way more brave than they maybe should be because they're, they haven't, they they haven't suffered consequences and their friends haven't suffered consequences, you know, like, yeah, the sport's just a lot safer now. It's a lot safer. Exactly. Which is great. Kind of get away with it. Yeah, which, no, I which agree. is great. But you think about what happens if Lando goes off into the grass, loses grip, and the car goes around. He's going off, you know, into the massive that huge gravel pit um, on the left side of the track. And I was glad to see it work out, though. And I mean, it was an incredibly brave move. And oh, know, and the, I think you know, and the the truth was that was uh, if I'm trying to remember right, that was that after that was after was that after a safety start or something but it um, was i think he I, had come out of the pits i think that was after he changed tires okay and so he was trying he, to get past charles to get and i think uh, back up and that's, Daniel. and that's the reality is when you you look at this track you've got a window like your tires are in good shape mm-hmm. um you have a little bit more forward momentum mm-hmm. and you've got to go for it you have to basically go for it i think because yeah. Once it goes back into processional mode and you're getting yeah. these, you know, DRS trains, not a lot changes. Right. You know, yeah. like you could even see a couple of, it's like overlap over and over and mm-hmm. over again. It's like, oh, they're catching up on the straight. <laughs> not enough. Not, not enough. enough. Yeah. We saw that with Lewis on Lando for lap after lap, you know, he would exactly. close them down and then it open back up and, you know, I, the other th- the other thing I was going to say about Lando on that pass was I think he knew 
you know, McLaren have been coming, they've been making great strides in their program uh, for the last few years. And I think he knew this was a special day. You know, Daniel Ricardo was out in, out in front in first place. Lando knew that this could be, you know, a, a historic result for the team if if yeah. he could put himself in a position to one, you know, get on the podium, but also protect Daniel a bit, you know, defensive, you know, he's, I think Lando's one of the better defensive drivers on the grid in terms True, of I agree. Yeah. holding people up. We saw him do it with Lewis before. Um, yeah. <laughs> so, so uh, you know, I think it's a really, um, I think there are a couple of things working for him to, to want to make that move. Um, but he did pull it off and, um, and McLaren ended up going on to win the race, a, a historic one-two finish for for Daniel and Lando, and it was the first one-two finish for McLaren since I believe 2010. Uh, yeah, and I mean, you could just, you know, both drivers are incredibly likable. You could just see the jubilation on the faces of of the mechanics, the team, just everybody involved. I mean, I, I thought it was cool. Like, you know, after they pulled into the um, park for May and everybody got out, you know, there were other drivers coming up to Daniel congratulating him and Lando congratulating him. Like, I think these guys are genuinely well-liked. Yeah, it's true. They are a great team. Yeah. People are just happy to see, you know, McLaren is is such a historic name, you know, that I think people, people want to see them in the fight, you know, in the mix. Yeah. Um, One of the, and one of the things I was really excited to see was finally some real success for Ricardo. Yeah. Um, after this you know, I was, had... I was worried about him this year, you know, like Oops we had down. talked about with the mm-hmm. car. Yeah. I don't know. Was it, who was it that said, uh, it's weird, right? Oh, like it, it was, drives kind of weird. It was uh science. Yeah. Science. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so I just thought, you know, he's, he, I had been nervous that he jumped around so much that he, mm-hmm. he had not really like figured out a car. And by the time he did, he was kind of making new moves. Mm-hmm. And so I was kind of getting nervous because I thought, okay, you know, he's struggled and Lando's mm-hmm. just done so well, mm-hmm. practically in the same car that it's, it starts to kind of freak you out. You get the yips in, in mm-hmm. essence. Yeah, and you're like, what am I doing wrong? And then right. they go into this huge break, and I just thought it's going to be a, you know, either this just mm-hmm. uh, snowballs on itself, or he gets it sorted out. And well, um, he said he, in the post race interview that you know that the August break really helped him kind of mentally reset, which was was really important for him. Yeah, and so I'm just so happy to see him back. I and he said too. that, I think, when he's pulling the car and he said something like, and for all you people who thought I was gone, I, mean, I was never gone. You know? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I, I I, am so happy for him. I mean, he's he's an eminently likable, exactly. aside from being a great driver, he's a very <laughs> likable figure on the grid. And exactly, yeah. I, I think it's, like I said, it was evident by the fact that you had, you know, Giovinazzi, I saw Giovinazzi and Leclerc and all, a bunch of people go up and congratulate him uh, before he could even like you know get into like weigh himself and stuff. So yeah. it was it was really fun to watch and and I thought Lando showed a lot of maturity despite his age. You know he I thought the same thing. He he was on you know 
at one point was on the radio to the team basically saying like, you know, or do we, do you want me to hold this position? Like, is this really the best position for me to be for the team? Yeah. And they said, they basically said, yes, like, don't, don't race your teammate, like hold, try and hold this. And I think other drivers, you know, if they thought they were a little bit faster, may have taken it, taken the fight, potentially, you know, wrecking each other. And, you know, we saw that back in the day with um, Max and and, uh, and Sebastian Vettel at, well, yeah, Max and Danny, but even Max and Seb at Red Bull. Um, Mm -hmm. So, you know, Lando, he knew what this meant to the team. He knew how hard they'd been working for it. And he said in his post-race interview, like, yeah, of course I wanted to to race him. Of course I would love to win a race, but you know, my time will come and this is a yeah, huge exactly. result for us. And I was just like, you know, this kid is so freaking impressive. Um, you know, yeah. he definitely is going to be a future star. So, you know, just a wonderful day for McLaren. I think even if you're not particularly a McLaren fan or you support another team, it's, it's hard to begrudge them this. Yeah, exactly. Um, other, you know, the other really big turning point um, in the long term for the drivers' championship, uh, but but really a, a lot of drama, provide a lot of drama to this race was a incident between uh, Lewis Hamilton and Max Verstappen. Obviously, one and two in the drivers' championship, Max and and Lewis, and um, they. This was kind of later in the race. I want to say like thirty some laps in. Um, they. Uh, uh, I believe Lewis had was it Lewis or Max that had just changed tires. Oh, Max uh, had a disastrous pit stop. Oh, yeah. So, the... yeah. So actually, that's part of the thing. So, McLaren and Red Bull were trying to time their pit stops, um, along with Mercedes. You know, all jockeying for position. And Max came in um, to change his tire, and I'm still not sure what happens. I think they saw the broadcast. I don't know either. Yeah. Right. I don't know if like something. Yeah, was it loose? He was kind of holding the gun up like it wasn't. But right. anyways, it was an eleven second pit stop, which you know yes, Red Bull yeah. is famous for sub two yeah. second pit stops. It was a disaster. Uh, so it was a disaster. He was frustrated, uh, obviously frustrated. Agreed. Agreed. So I think I think that was so. Red Bull came in first. I think Max had done a lap or two. Lewis pits. He's coming back out. Lewis. He also has a long one. Interestingly, yeah. not as right. long he as has Max. Like a, no, his was, I think, like four four odd seconds or something like that. Both of um, them were the amount of length needed to set this shenanigans uh, up. I mean, that's, yeah, that's <laughs> the beauty of the sport, right? Like, it's these little things. And so Lewis is coming out of, Lewis is coming out of the pits. He rejoins, you know, rejoins the track. They're go- He and Max are basically neck and neck going into... Uh, the first corner, which is a chicane, so it's a tight right then a tight left, and yep. Max and like we is, said before, the reality mm-hmm. is, once you're sorted, front or behind, you're yeah. probably not passing. It's right. done. Right. So they they went in. Uh, Max was on the left. Lewis was on the inside line for the first for that first tight right hander. Lewis goes in. Max is trying to kind of come up the outside of Lewis for that first corner to set himself up for the inside line for that second part of the chicane. Lewis 
debatably doesn't give him enough room. Max hits one of these big kind of sausage curbs, um, which kind of kicks his car up a little bit. The front tire catches Lewis's left rear, and the whole Max's whole car gets vaulted into the air and lands on top of Lewis's car, forcing them both off the track uh, and resulting in a, in a yellow flag um, and safety car. And this was actually, this was one of those ones that the more you saw the replay, the scarier the crash it was. Um, yeah, it, you know, it didn't look like things were shattering and flying everywhere, but just yeah. where things went, i.e. Yeah. that tire on Lewis's head. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, Thank so God basically, for that freaking halo. Yep. So basically what happened was when Max's car got vaulted into the air, it's it kind of went up and slid along the top of Lewis's car and basically destroyed kind of the air intake piece above the driver's head. And, you know, all modern F1 cars have this halo device, um, which I'm sure you guys have seen. It, it kind of projects up and, and, you know, forms kind of a ring above the driver's head. And Max's right, I believe this is right rear, just kind of scrapes along the top of Lewis's car, hits the halo, but also hits the top of Lewis's helmet. And there's a, a screen capture I saw where you can see his head is pushed forward um, when the tire's on it. Um, but the halo device takes the, the brunt of the weight from the tire, thankfully. Um, and... I mean, the structural rigidity was impressive because that's a lot of weight on what looks like a fairly spindly piece of architecture. But the halo device was damaged, but it didn't break. Um, yeah. And Max's right rear actually ends up on the nose of Lewis's car eventually. But uh, I think I saw Lewis was quoted after the race basically saying, like, the halo saved my life. And I, I think, one, oh, it's yeah. lucky the tires weren't spinning. Um you know, if his, yeah. if his engine had been revving or something like that and the rear right tire was spinning it, you know. Would have been helpful, yeah. Yeah. Um, Not good. But, but also, I mean, just the weight, he would basically have, you know, a good, I don't know how many hundreds of pounds, you know, all of a sudden hitting his head, you know, forward. Uh, I mean, it, it he would have been badly injured at a minimum uh, without the hand. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, the result of it was, you know, Max stormed off frustrated, basically saying Lewis didn't give him any room. Like, what did he expect to happen? Lewis, I have not heard his kind of take on it, but uh, the FIA basically does not agree with Max. Uh, after the race, they gave him a, th a three-spot grid penalty for the next race in, in Sochi, Russia. Uh, so he'll be, wherever he qualifies, he'll be starting three three positions back from that. That was a yeah. pretty scary accident <laughs> yeah i i don't know quite how i you know feel about it i've watched it a couple times they we just kind of keep coming back to this situation you know where you got yeah. these two very good drivers that are racing and right you know everything's on the line it's always on the line both of them want to win the championship so no one really wants to give in right and we keep coming to these scenarios kind of like with the British Grand Prix and the, the stewards and all these people go back and, and analyze every millisecond of where the car was, whose line was what, 
mm-hmm. try to dole out some justice. Right. Um, and, and I just, I, sometimes it feels a little bit like bullshit. You yeah. know, I mean, it's a, it's a super high intensity situation. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, Max is obviously very frustrated at the pit stop. Mm-hmm. Lewis is coming back in. We've got this crazy chicane, which is a mess. The racing lines are changing almost instantaneously, you know, right. within like two feet. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, could Lewis have given some more room? Maybe. I think when you look at the replay, it does look like his car's in front of Max's. So maybe mm-hmm. Max's, Max should have you know, backed out, but the, you know, the racing line in a way has kind of changed. He was on yeah. the outside. Now he's on the inside mm-hmm. and Lewis's car is, you know, a foot ahead. Yeah. And they're all supposed to process this in how many milliseconds and make right. the decision. Like, well, I this, just, I yeah, think this, goes I, I kind of feel it. like, you know, it's like the, with the British Grand Prix, mm-hmm. you know, they touched and you could argue whose fault was whose, and Max mm-hmm. gets spun into a wall, and then Lewis yeah. goes on to win it and collect all the points. Mm-hmm. Well, here they both wiped out; no points awarded. Okay, right. great. Like they're just out. That's fine. Seemed fine to me. Mm-hmm. Personally, I probably would have just left, left it at that. Analyzing milliseconds to try to see. Oh well, you know his car was two inches in front of yours. Yeah. So you should be going 100 miles an hour mm-hmm. into this and all this craziness going on and it's like you well you should have known that so we're going to penalize you now so there's some cosmic justice here (laughs) it just seems kind of arbitrary and bs and i i'd rather just you know let these guys race and sort it out yeah rather than have the fia nitpicking ditzels here and there saying okay now you get a two grid penalty okay you get a three second penalty right because all of that at the end of the day at the end of the year is going to add up to basically helping somebody get those points or not. Right. You know, I yeah, don't no. I don't know what I, the right answer is, but it frustrated me. Yeah. I, it did. <laughs> I, my initial reaction. And I think that of, I think it was Martin Brundle basically said like, I think it's a racing incident. I don't think he said during the broadcast, like, I don't think Max is anything did, wrong yeah. there. I think it's tough. Like, you know, if you look at it, you can make the argument either way, you know, should Max be sticking his nose up the inside after that first part of the chicane? No. Like, if you looked at every single other racer going through that chicane when there were two cars going in, you know, whether it was Valtteri when he was pushing or whoever else, you know, if they didn't have, you know, their front tire in, in front of the rear tire of the car in front of them, they backed out. They, they got on the brakes a little bit, said, I'll get him next time. So I think, you know, this was typical Max, I'll go, you know, everybody owes me room. On the flip side, you know, from from Max's perspective, like, Lewis basically took as tight a a line, you know, toward the apex of of the second portion of the chicane to basically, he didn't give him any room. But, yeah, I mean, he would have, yeah, basically been in front of his car. Yeah, but I, but I would Maybe argue if, if his rear tire, if Max's front tire is not in front of Lewis's, which it wasn't, otherwise <clears> that <throat> crash couldn't happen how it did. Um, you know, there's he shouldn't have been there in the first place. So, you know, I, I don't, I don't agree with the FIA giving him a grid penalty. 
But I think this kind of goes back to like something we talked about during, you know, after the British GP and what happened there, that Max, Max races in a way, basically with his elbows out, so to speak. Like he thinks everyone owes him room and everyone should get out of his way. And if they don't, it's their fault. And if there's a wreck, it's their fault. And I think he, if, you know, he is undisputedly a, a phenomenal driver, but he needs to understand that he can't be super aggressive in every situation and then also not be at fault ever. Um, sure. You know, as much yeah, as I would sure. like to see someone besides Mercedes win the title, like this sort of bullshit from Max is starting to kind of grate on me. Um, and it just seems like, it seems to me like, you know, a guy who he, he just expects, he just expects everyone to, to, to get out of his way. And it's like, yeah, that's not <clears throat> racing, man. Like you're, you're, you can't, you can't be hyper aggressive all the time, but then when something goes wrong, it's never your fault. Like that, that just well, that's getting in. And I, I, I agree with that when you, I don't think you're wrong, I guess. I think when you look at the historical trend here, though, of Mercedes dominating the sport yeah. for the past decade, yeah. you know, and just being gone, mm-hmm. we finally got a year where somebody else can take a title. Yeah, you kind of have to be aggressive. Yeah, like, I, I don't just, disagree at all with that. I, I just think I have no problem with him being hyper aggressive either. But you know, if he would have come out and said, you know what? I, I probably should have backed out and just figured I could get him on the next lap. That that would have been a much more re- mature response in my mind. I think so. And I, and I think you're right. It probably would be. But if you look at the situation, there was mm-hmm. going to be no catching him. So this was it. It's kind of like, look at how, you know, Perez, the, it's a Red Bull philosophy and I don't fault mm-hmm. them for it. It's yeah, their approach. Yeah. And they say, you know what? You just need to know if you're racing me, I'm aggressive. I'm not yeah. going to give this up. Mm-hmm. It might end up in a crash, but that's how serious I take it. You know, this yeah. is with my philosophy. And those are people that win. You know, they, they win races. Um, and I, I think, so I I feel a little bit, I don't know. I, I, I kind of feel a little bit like... Um, it's nice to see somebody challenging Mercedes yeah. and because those cars have been so damn fast year after year, the sport has almost been dumb to watch some races. It's like, okay, they're yeah. gone. I'm just oh. going to wait for a crash or something. And so, so now that there's a, you know, a battle going on yeah, and we expect these guys to be racing each other. Yeah. They're both going to be aggressive. Um, right. I feel like they, you know, so it brings up an can, interesting question for you then do you think do you think max went into that corner saying i'm either going to get by him or i'm going to take us both out like yeah. i'm not gonna well, i'm not gonna I let honestly, him get points either you know honestly i mean when we look back at their close quarters racing in the past you know he's been taken out lewis has been taken out mm-hmm. so i think he just realizes that all the all the marbles are on the table at this point yeah. And we're we're all in because yeah. if I back out, he knows his car is not going to be able to catch Lewis's. Right. And with that mindset, Lewis potentially could realize, you know what? 
I could take a little bit of a wider path here. Mm-hmm. This guy's aggressive, but I, I know I've got the faster car this weekend. I will yeah. eventually get around him. I'm yeah. the reigning eight year champion. Mm-hmm. This guy's trying to prove himself kind of like a Lando or one of these other young guys, you know? Yeah. And so I personally, I mean, from Max's perspective, he's probably thinking a lot about thinking, reflecting back on the British Grand Prix and being put into a wall mm-hmm. by, you know, close quarters racing. And he's like, well, screw it. Last yeah. time I got put into the wall, this guy walked away with 27 with points. points. If we're mm-hmm. going to do the same thing here. We're both going out. Yeah. Like, you know, um, yeah, no, I, mean, so it's, it's I don't know if he. I don't know if he thought that within the milliseconds that all of this right, stuff yeah. happened, probably not specifically, but I'm sure as he was walking away, he was prob- probably thinking to himself, yeah, I'm glad we both got taken out of this. Right. Cause yeah. this is kind of obnoxious, you know? Yeah. Well, and the, so, and the irony of the whole thing is that because of an amazing drive, I think from Valtteri Botas, Mercedes <laughs> as a constructor ended up with more points than Red Bull today. Uh, yeah. Valtteri, as as I mentioned, you know, he started the back of the field because of the engine penalty, and you know they say modern F one cars are are really it's really tough to pass anybody because of the aerodynamics and the design and whatnot, and and he went from twentieth to third, uh, so he ended up on yeah. the podium somehow. I mean, just phenomenal drive from him, and he actually looked like he was going to potentially challenge yeah. the McLarens, it- but. It was His really impressive to went. watch those run off, you know, those yeah. tires finally wear down because, my God, he was yeah. fast in that straight yeah. when they were new. <laughs> it was like, okay, he yeah, was, they really... He was absolutely flying, but then you saw the tires. You could tell the tires were starting to go because he had a couple lockups, um, and uh, you could just tell he was starting to lose grip a bit. But, I mean, a hell of a drive. I think if not for Ricardo winning, I think Botas wins driver of the day. Um, but, uh, yeah. the, the other impressive thing, honestly, uh, I forgot to mention for Daniel is that he also set fastest lap on the last lap of the race. Oh, I I mean, that, that shows That's the freaking ballsy, man. pace, you know? <laughs> yeah. You figure he's just like, okay, I just got to cruise home. That's what I would have I got Lando behind me protecting me. You know, he pushed and set That's the fastest awesome. lap, which, which shows you just, I mean, the, the pace the McLaren's had really. Um, so yeah. it was a phenomenal race, a lot of, a lot of controversy, a lot of contention, but yeah. <laughs> uh, ultimately a, a good, good day to be wearing McLaren papaya orange. So, uh, we'll be, uh, we'll be back, I think in a couple weeks. Yeah. A couple weeks in Russia, uh, for the Sochi, uh, the Russian Grand Prix at Sochi. Uh, so it should be exciting. I'm sure there's going to be a lot of discussion in the two weeks between now and then about, uh, the max for Lewis incident. So I'm excited to kind of see how it plays out, but um, yeah, I think that's all I had. You got anything else, buddy? No. All right. Good. Well, thanks so much for listening, everybody. Uh, please uh, follow us on um, Instagram at the blow off out podcast. Uh, be sure to, uh, you know, uh, rate us and, and leave a comment or, or something like that on the uh, leave a review on, on Podbean or iTunes. All those things help us a lot. And until then we'll see you next time.